Welcome back everybody to Bitches Love Brunch. This is Courtney. And this is Kiana. And we are glad to be back for episode 49. Always with the sound effects. That was good. That was a good one. That was good. Thank you. It was a good one. I had to toot my own horn. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to switch up the order of this episode a little bit. And we are going to start by passing the mimosa. Kiana, are you drinking? I am. I am. I am drinking a little dessert wine, a little Moscato. Okay. Keep it sweet for okay. the folks here. You know, I don't really drink a lot, but I thought that today, since we have something special for you, it was a special occasion. So I went and grabbed Same. the wine, got the vino. Okay. What about you? What are you doing? What are you drinking? I too am drinking, which is an exception. Um, I was taking a break for, from drinking. And when I say exception, like y'all know that I drink. Drinks. Um, I am having champagne, so no mimosa, <laughs> but just straight champagne. <laughs> um, mimosa, hold the OJ. Hold the OJ. That's what I used to say about my liquor. Like, I would like whiskey, whatever whiskey, light on my uh, light on my ice, strong on my alcohol. <laughs> like, let's not let's not play any games. Let's take it there. Yeah, let's go all the way. Um. All right. So shout out to us for actually drinking this week. Right. Kiana, you want to share the good news? Or actually, I do want to say that we have a guest with us today. Only because he's going to participate in the good news with us. And then afterwards, we'll go further into the introduction. Right. So depending on how he does when we pass the good news, then we'll (laughs) see if he's worthy enough to say that he's on the show. But I am for certain that he'll be able to get this. Yes, especially the way he's pouring the champagne. (laughs) I need to catch up. (laughs) Okay. so So welcome, Rob. Yes. Hi, Rob. We'll let you do an introduction, but first we need to test your character. Test my character? Just a little bit. I wasn't in on this. It's just a little game that we're going to play really quickly. So I am going to pick out some lyrics to a song, and you guys have to figure out what the name of the song is, and then you'll get bonus points. Mind you, they're not real points, but they're, they're, um, you know, they're fake points. You'll get more points if you can okay. guess the artist of the song. You want me to guess the artist of the song? Well, the name first, and then the artist for bonus points. Okay. This is for you and Courtney, so if you guys need to phone each other, which won't be hard to do since you're next to each other, you can do so. Okay. Okay, are y'all ready? Yes, we're ready. Get Here we go. Clear. There are two songs. This is the first song. Song number one. Here we go. It's more than you. It's more than me. No matter what we are, we are a family. This dream is for all of us. This one can be real. And you can't stop us now because of how you feel. Name that song. (laughs) Rob and I were just saying we're both terrible at this. Okay. All right. Now... Hold on, because I'm feeling like Crystal right now, so I'm going to take a guess only because of some of the words. Is this from Dreamgirls? Uh, come on. Come on. You got it. Okay, well, I don't know the name of it. We are a family. Oh, that's like the name? Yes, yes, that is the name. Okay. Okay, I'm not so. Aware. 
That's okay. No points. Well, actually, I'll give you. <laughs> I'll give you one point. You got Dream Girls. There we go. All right, song number two. You, you guys should get this. Down? What'd you say, Courtney? Did you really write the points down? No, I mean, you don't get anything oh. for them. I'm not giving you guys gifts or anything. Anyway, here we go. Song number two. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, well, you would see the biggest gift would be from me and attached to the card would say... I love you. Come on. That's not right. Thank you for being a friend. I knew where it was from, but I thought that's what the rest of it was. I wasn't going to give you the rest of it. She's critical. I thought it was pretty close. <laughs> I know. Well, Rob, we love um, you too, but it's Thank You for Being a Friend by Andrew Gold, and that is the theme song for The Golden Friends. Girls. The Golden Girls. The Golden Girls. And I knew it was Golden Girls, but <laughs> whoever knew who sang that? That was the Nobody. bonus point. Oh, yeah, no. You Googled that, though, right? How much wine are you drinking? Just a tiny bit, not a lot. Right. Sure. <laughs> right, that well, didn't go over well. Thank you both for playing, Rob. Thank you for um, guessing and being brave and being vulnerable. You get a point <laughs> for participation, even though we don't really give out participation points. But you Every, get one. Everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> Are you that person? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yes. Well, thank you for playing the game. Thank you guys for participating, Robin, for being a good sport. So I guess we can learn more about oh, you, man. Rob. You survived. You did. I did survive. Hi, Ooh, Rob. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a loaded question. I'm sorry. How long is this podcast? <laughs> it's about an hour and some change. Okay. So I am Rob Podlogger. I am... I don't know what you want to know. I am a senior and adult... <laughs> that is part of the LGBTQ plus community okay. here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, happily married. Happily, happily. Tuesdays. Did y'all hear that? Happily. Happily. Except for on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and <laughs> every other Friday. <laughs> every other Friday. <laughs> How long have you guys been married? Married on. May 7th of 10, which was my parents' 50th anniversary. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so we picked, we, we picked that day specifically because we wanted to celebrate their anniversary and our wedding. And then my brother had a baby the same day. Stole wow. Oh, jeez. Wait, so did your brother not make it to your wedding? He wasn't invited. Oop. <laughs> right? We won't go through that. Right. So we yeah. won't go there today. Nope. No. No, we did a... We did a very small thing because it was back in 2010 and we had to go to Boston. Uh, mm. So we only took one friend and our parents and that was it. Oh, so. well, I love the intimate wedding, so I'm a fan. Yes. Well, well, thank you for now, joining oh, us today. Yep, thank you for being here. I don't have manners. Sorry. <laughs> um, now that we've properly gotten started, um, I'm going to do a recap, but not of episode 48. 
So a few episodes ago, we talked about being an ally um, and this idea around like who can call themselves an ally. Um, can you call yourself an ally? Do you have that right? Um, but it was really prompted by a post that I believe Kiana found. And I'll just read the post. Rob had a chance to kind of see this earlier. But the post said, if your husband or boyfriend is homophobic, you are not an ally. And so I kind of wanted to get Rob's thoughts on it as he makes a face. And we'd like to know if you agree or disagree with that statement. <clears throat> I do not agree with that statement. I think individuals have the opportunity to be an ally no matter who they surround themselves with or who they're married to or anything like that. People disagree on so many things in a relationship that you should be able to just be your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And if you are, believe and support the LGBTQ plus community and the things that we need assistance with and support of, it's everybody's own deal. That's fair. I didn't think about it that way. I'll be honest. Actually, I can't remember Well, you remember probably didn't think you probably didn't think about it that way because you're not part of my community, right? Well, I don't know because I don't know how you identify, right? But to me, it is a welcoming sign for somebody to say, "I'm an ally." It gives me a free space to talk openly and get feedback and have a source to go to and be who I am with them. Okay. Tiana, That's do you really neat. what you said about that? I did. Um, well, sort of. You know, I feel like I, um, the way that I view being an ally, um, when we talked about it on the podcast before was that I felt like a lot of people were pre-selecting being an ally but yet I don't think they knew I think that everybody has different qualifiers for allies depending on what community you belong to what marginalized group you subscribe to depending on where you are in your life like if I'm more welcoming than when I was before when I was pissed off you know so I just think um, I did have a different perspective as well, but it's so nice to know, and of course, and to acknowledge like there's other ways to think about allyship and what that means for you. Because some people can look at it, and as for me, I I completely get when I think of allies, I automatically assume like there's another white woman talking about she want to be an ally and she is not. So it's it's nice to know that when somebody hears ally, they are disarmed and they feel comfortable because that's completely different from the way that I view it. But I think that that's it's healthy and I do think that um, that's a that's a great way to look at allyship. One of the things that I look at is I have friends. I don't know if we want to get political in this conversation. Um, go wherever you is, oh, we, we go there. <laughs> well, I have friends that are uh, supportive of me and my husband and all of that stuff. And then I see them on face place with their political views. And I'm like, oh, I want to unfriend you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've known them since <clears throat> sixth grade and it's ridiculous. So it doesn't mean because I don't have to agree with every single thing that they say. 
that they are, are not an ally when it comes to who I am. You know, that's a really good point, and I say that... Well, be- that's why you have me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'll take He's my a glass and a half in. Right. Yeah. He's taking his points Girl. now. <laughs> what score do um, But when I think about that in the concept, because as you were making that comment at first, I was like, to me, that is like... When somebody's like, well, you know, I don't judge you any differently, speaking to me as a black woman. Um, so for me, I've seen that as like an out where it's just like, yes, you treat me this way because it's me. But you don't necessarily treat every other black woman that way. Does that make sense? Like you don't offer them that same grace. Um, but when you put it in that perspective of you support me that doesn't mean that we can't still be friends or that you know i immediately cut you off because i think in the episode that we originally talked about this i was just like if it was my significant other it wouldn't work for me because i need you i need to know that you would be an ally not just for myself but or not maybe not an ally but you would at least be empathetic to other things that i care about as well as i'm an ally for others and standing in the gap for others mm-hmm. um but that was, I appreciate that perspective. You I had know somebody, what? go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, you know, I think I may still have some growing to do. Because for <laughs> me, I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I'm there where I can look at, you know, there are people that I do follow who are Trump supporters. And granted, I won't unfriend them just because I think unfriending somebody on Facebook just takes so much energy because you just have to go to so many different pages. But um, in terms of real life and the way that I interact with them, I do still find that to be problematic for me because I think that and, and, and I guess this is where the, the intersection can align to for gays, depending on where you are on that spectrum, on the LGBTQ plus spectrum. Um, I feel like, you know, for you to side with somebody like Donald Trump is honestly just, I, I feel like you are putting my people and other people at risk. And I feel like just because I want to make friends with you I can't I can't absorb that risk because you are gambling with our lives hmm. Robert what were you going to say I don't remember okay <laughs> no I think going further down with that is um, you know goes back to I don't have to like everything about everybody um, or everything about one person to still mm-hmm. feel and want them to um be supportive of me in this little place but I also don't live my life that all I am is a gay guy yeah right I mean uh, there's much more to me than just that and I think because of my age and our where we are in our society right now it's a non-event but I think it's a non-event because of allies mm-hmm. have allowed it to happen mm-hmm. and it doesn't make it any less hard or difficult or challenging right. because like you said <clears throat> I know that they support me in my relationship um, but then I see certain posts um, so that can be frustrating to see and watch and observe right um, but I know that I know how you treat me I know how you respect me um, 
So that could be a that could be a struggle. Okay. Well, that was just the recap, folks. <laughs> that oh, wasn't even we're like not done yet. <laughs> you over it already? No. no, we are not done. Not near. Because Deanna has some hard hitters. Uh oh. No. You think so? No, I was kidding. I was oh. kidding. I was gonna say, but that's okay. Rob has his PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Kiana, do you want to start with one of your questions? Yeah, I'll go ahead and kick it off with one of my questions. Okay. Um, I am. I, I thought. I thought I had them available, but <laughs> like every week, y'all know how it goes. Kiana, so. And you know, and this isn't even just a question for you. It's a question. Actually, this is a question for you. Um, what are your thoughts on people in the LGBTQ plus community having to come out? Um, and the reason I ask this is because I've had friends, really close friends to me, who have come out to me. And I've always, and it's not to minimize what they're doing because I know how big that is and I know how courageous that is. But I also saw it as a way of, I also always told them like, hey, you know, I didn't come out and tell you I was straight. Why are you doing You don't have to do this. I love you no matter what. So I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on people and the community having to come out. So I don't know that I would agree with the word having to come out. I mm, think it's okay. part of the self-acceptance mm. from a person that they can start saying it publicly. Interesting. I <laughs> like that. This is having a moment. This is having a moment. I think that that's so pretty much. It's just somebody including you in almost like a celebratory way that they're, they're celebrating themselves. It, it is, um, for me personally, it's really <clears throat> interesting that I can walk around and talk about my husband and I don't have to flinch. And yeah. the job that I have currently, I run a national foundation and I'm in 30 different states and 50 some cities. And when I am, meeting people in those cities some of them who are just meeting me for the first time it is within the first five minutes that i somehow mention my husband because for me that is who i am and if they're going to have a problem with that they need to know it up front and mm -hmm. i need to know it up front mm -hmm. right and so usually in my work though it's never usually an issue because it's the type of work that i do but it's um a power or strength that I can just say my husband absolutely and, um, I, I like that so when people come out it's helping them build their strength I feel because um, I know that's what it's been for me I love that and, and Kiana this may be to your point but this was what I thought was part of me being an ally was I, like I felt for my friends who felt like they had to come out, who were like, and who I know struggled with coming out. Um, but this idea, like Kiana said, like I don't have to go up to anybody and say I'm a straight woman. Like I don't, I don't have to do that, and I don't feel any obligation to do that. But to hear that perspective of this is a moment of me being able to acknowledge who I am and accept who I am 
and you do with it what you will. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I so appreciate that. And so it goes. <clears throat> so it goes back to your question about the ally thing. It's allowing somebody that identifies within my community to somebody else that they can say this and feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, because I did eight years ago when I started a new job, and I kept talking about you know Chad and this and the other. I would take people into the conference room and say, "Oh, I want to let you know that I'm gay." And I think after the fourth mm-hmm. person, they're like. We know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of how I felt with my friends. And I was, and it was almost to that point where someone would say, like, hey, just wanted to let you know that, you know, I'm interested in whoever or whatever they prefer. And I will always say, like, that, I mean, that doesn't change our relationship or I already know that. That's not a secret. Or, um, but I do, I do like how it's less, less about me being like hey you've already done this i already know this but actually just being a place of refuge for my friends and letting them know like hey i'm just here to listen because this is an important piece of your process and i'm glad that you thought so much of me to include me in that now i feel like i need to call a couple people and just say thank you sure like because you didn't have to they felt enough about you to be able to sit there and say it. And maybe since we're in 2019, maybe in 2029, you won't have to do that. Right. You know, yeah. we're also I hope. not 1999. Right. Exactly. I hope so. I hope that we can get to a place where that is not even a factor. Because for me, it always felt like I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have to walk into a room and tell you who I'm sleeping with. And I feel like that's so personal. And I hate that you have to take those extra steps just to feel like you can be who you are. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I think I actually stole one of your questions, Courtney. Sorry. No, you're fine. I was glad that you did it that way. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I'm learning a lot about Rob <laughs> through this interview. Why? And the things that he's Rob, saying and that he's not saying. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, Look, I'm, I'm the first thing I go to is like, "Oh, Rob, so are you drinking a lot?" Or <laughs> well, <laughs> I will just tell you that I need to catch up. So we stopped. Thank you. That does not surprise me, Courtney. Just want to put that out there. You know. Just let you know. I've slowed down mm-hmm. in recent years. Alrighty. I'm okay with that. Okay. Well, some people think they're going Rob is one of them. Really? I really think he does. Yeah, I really think when I told Rob that I did a podcast, like he was like, that was the most interesting thing he ever heard about me. <laughs> He normally sees me in my HR role, I guess. But we have good, fun conversation. Well, Rob, let me be the one to tell you. Uh, I have plenty to share if you'd like. (laughs) She said she has plenty Plenty. to share if you would like to know. I will send you my my cell number. We can be friends on Facebook. Absolutely off air. I have yeah. We can talk. It's fine. 
he may learn more. That's good, Courtney. That's good for you, though, for you to to put on your strict professional, <laughs> your professional hat when you go to work. Because bits of ratchet fall out of my pocket as I walk the halls of wherever I go. It's hard to do with Rob, though. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Rob is like, I think Rob could actually be our producer. <laughs> he is like directing me through the outline. I know that's right. You go, Rob. Okay, so next question. Um, I'm really trying to decide which one I want to do first, even though you pointed and told me which one to do. No, you pick. You pick. No. So, a slight transition, still related. Um, what would you say Stonewall symbolizes for your community, for the LGBTQ plus community? Stonewall riots? Yes. You know, it's really interesting because of having a 50th anniversary this year. Um, I was fortunate to go uh, to World Pride in New York City at the end of June. And um, I don't know. Oh, were you actually there for the 50th? Were you there for the 50th? Yep. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. I heard a lot about it. Yeah, we um, went. My husband had a swim meet tournament thing that week, and um, I flew in for the weekend and met up with some friends. Um, I think, you know, being at the age that I am and when the riots occurred, um, it was basically, I was four years old. Okay. Um, so to me, oh, it was cool. always part of our, or my upbringing. Um, but it wasn't until after I graduated college that I came out to really understand okay. what the significance of um, the riots actually were. Um, I, I know what it's like here in Columbus on um, what the community went through in general, um, but how brave of some individuals to finally say enough was enough and that they aren't going to take it anymore. So... You know, to me, that's the significance of people standing up for themselves and realizing that they are important just as the person next to them, no matter how they identify. Absolutely. I read a lot about what happened at the Stonewall um, anniversary in New York City with um, some of the tension that was happening between some of the black trans um, population and some of the others at Stonewall. Can you speak more about that experience if you were there during that and pretty much um, it kind of it kind of bleeds into another question that we have but could you could you speak to that experience if you were there? Meaning what part? Do you mean the 50th or from what it was when it originally happened with the black um, trans community? So during the 50th anniversary, I think, I wasn't sure which day it actually took place, but I believe there was um, something that went viral on the internet and they talked about how there was, there was 
someone there who wanted to bring attention to the black trans issues that have been going on you know the multiple deaths that happen on a daily basis in terms of trans women um black trans women and things like that and it said um it also spoke to that these messages weren't necessarily received well at the stonewall anniversary i'm sorry Courtney. no so as you're explaining that there is a significant issue within our community, I think within our society in general, um, with um, black trans persons of color and the issues that they have, not just with employment and all the other things, um, you know, with deaths and murders throughout the country. I wasn't specifically involved or aware of the stuff that happened in New York during uh, World Pride uh, for that. I just know of it more of a larger issue overall. I think today before I came over here, I read again, you know, so the, I think the 19th uh, trans uh, person of color uh, that was murdered. And yeah. that's a huge, huge issue um, for our community in general. So I'm going to jump to another question, even though I'm normally a structured person, but I'm like, while we're on it. Um, <clears throat> so as we kind of discuss, I apologize, Kiana, did you have anything else to add to that? Mm -mm, keep going. Okay. So um, we have another question here around intersectionality, and you started to touch on it. Um, and Kiana, I may be switching this question up a little bit, so please feel free to interject. Um, but in terms of what does, for you, what does intersectionality look like between the LGBTQ plus community and not just the black community, but um, specifically the LGBTQ plus black community? Like, what does that look like knowing knowing the significant issues that do take place or the disparities um, between the two. Does that make sense? I'll try to answer. Um, yes, and I do feel like that's an on-the-spot <laughs> question. No, I'll, I'll try to answer. <clears throat> you know, from my standpoint, um, I think over the past two years specifically, um, I have become very vulnerable to learn a lot more about um, other parts of the alphabet, as mm -hmm. I call it, LGBTQ, I plus, um, because I only know my life from my lens, and I only know how I got to my point in where I am today as a 54-year-old white guy, white gay guy. I don't know what it's like for everybody else. And I've really taken time to start learning about that because I realized that everybody has their own story. Mm -hmm. And this part of our community, and so I'll change it and add in not just black, but add persons of color. Mm -hmm. um, the other things that they have, are dealing with in general forget if you're LGBTQI plus. And so to me, it's been a learning experience 
and something I've really wanted to be able to try to understand that I can help others even if they don't look like me. Yeah. And that's hard. It goes it goes back to the early question about the cisgender and ally thing. It's hard being the white gay guy of privilege that I really do want to try to figure it out and help. And I get pushed back. Mm. And I don't stop. I keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, push back, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to still be here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show up. Could I answer questions? I'm going to listen. I went to um, Casino Royale Ball on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with uh, the balls? A little familiar with the balls, yes. Like like the show Pose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pose. I love Pose. <laughs> well, there she is. She's awake. Um, <laughs> yes, I love Pose. So, you know, there's a part of the community here in Columbus that are not a group I would ever run into because it's a different group of individuals. We wouldn't cross paths. And um, we got a couple tables at the event and um, it was so exciting to be there and see it and understand and and be a part of it. Um, But there was 200 people in the room and there were three white people. Me, my husband, and one, well, maybe two other, a lesbian couple. And so I stood out. Wow. But I was like, that's, I'm going to figure, I'm going to learn, mm-hmm. you know? But I was, I mean, it started at 9, which means it really started at 10.30. <laughs> and by 11.30, I'm like, I should be in bed. <laughs> so I left it at the break. Mm-hmm. Um but it was so, it was fun. And I went with friends that are POCs and it was just good to be accepted. And people I saw there didn't expect me to be there. And I was like, why wouldn't I? So, yeah. you know, so that that's part of it. It's, it's a whole different scene. No different to the early 90s when I came out at the garage dancing doing our thing. Mm-hmm. They are there dancing, doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I probably wouldn't have gone if I didn't see Pose. Mm-hmm. But we are, like, addicted to that show. Mm. Yeah, Pose is a good one. I haven't started it yet, but I want is a, it, Pose is a good one. It's a must-see. That reminds me. I'm having issues with our Hulu account. So that's why I haven't watched it yet. I'll follow up with you. Oh, our Hulu account. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh, even more interesting. I'm weak. <laughs> oh, Rob, do you remember? Do I remember what? I'm weak. She, she is, said I'm weak. I think he's using it a different way, but that's okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I think he is too, and I caught the shade, right. but that's all right. That's fine. So, you know, I'm not that's... sure my answer took care of it, but from an intersectionality standpoint, you know, there's parts of the community um, and our society overall within the LGBTQI plus community that are marginalized. And... You know, there are many people that understand and get it and want to work to solve it, but there are also many that have no idea because it's mm-hmm. not something that they 
relate to. Mm-hmm. And it's more yeah, out absolutely. of not knowing than being cruel. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's also that, that fear that lies in the not knowing. You know, like I think that because you don't know, I think a lot of people have fear of the unknown. Um, I, but not. And that's with anything. No, sorry, so we'd be remiss to think that that would not apply here. Exactly. But Courtney, I wanted to ask you um, too what are some of the. Like Rob mentioned some of the things that he does. Because for people out there who don't know where to start, where do you start in terms of intersectionality with the LGBTQ plus community? What are some of the things that you are actively doing to try to bridge um, relationships between even your marginalized groups to mm-hmm. their marginalized group or just from one community to one people to another? What are you doing to bridge that gap? That's a really good question and I think it's funny because of what I was going to say to Rob later on but um one and almost to Rob's point I feel like you have to start at home um I've been working more and more in the diversity inclusion and equity space um and when you really talk about being an ally you have to kind of go back to those basics of diversity and inclusion and what that looks like um so from an inclusion standpoint like you really have to check yourself like what are, what are the things that you hold value to like really sit down and think about like what do i find value in am i am i that person that is promoting equality and inclusion for everybody, not just people that looks like me. Um, and I think that's something that we talked about on the on the show previously was just like, if I'm talking about standing in the gap, if I'm talking about bridging communities, I cannot sit here and say like, I'm an advocate, but only for things that pertain to black people. Um, I, for me, in order to be an ally and an equitable ally, it has to be across the board. Um, So first, I try to make sure that I'm doing that at home. Um, One of the things that I've been talking about, and I think, Kiana, you knew this, but in terms of what allyship looks like. And so where I currently work, um, we've really been, when I say we, I mean the organization. Like we recently released a um, board diversity report. And just looking at how the needle has not moved. And we have a board diversity program. So, and the needle hasn't moved nationally and it hasn't moved in Columbus from the standpoint of our nonprofit boards who serve marginalized communities are not representative of those marginalized communities. And I was actually having a conversation with um, another alum of the program and we were speaking the same language around if I'm participating in this program so that I can go be a board member at another organization that is for the voice of black people, um, I'm standing in the gap, but where am I also placing myself what space am I occupying where I'm standing in the gap for the LGBTQ plus community? Um, so that's something that I've been thinking about lately in terms of, as I explore my options of board membership. Like, 
I need to be very specific and intentional about where I serve, not just for myself, but for the people that I care about. And this isn't something to say, hey, such and such, you know, my my gay friend, once you know I'm serving on this board, like, I don't need to do all of that. But it's just to say that, not just to say, but like, I'm walking the talk. Um, and so I think that's really important. Like, you have to put your action where you say you value or what you say you value. Um, so that's how I feel like, you know, I can be long-winded and that was probably all roundabout. <laughs> but those are the two things for me. Like, it has to start at home. It has to start with yourself. Um, and your actions have to mirror that. Which you, Your actions have to mirror what you say you value. Does that answer your question? Yes, again, you don't get any points for that, but yes, it does. What? No, you mean like the extra points that was given out in the game? Never uh -oh. mind. Bad joke. <laughs> yeah, I was it's like, okay. dang. I'm weak. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I could not. Good steal, uh, with the alley oop it came in. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, that joke was not it. Okay, sorry guys. It's fine. Yes, that answers my questions. No, I'm not keeping tally points. Take it. <laughs> okay. What's that? Oh, I thought you were about to go on to like the next question. Oh, no, no, no. Go right ahead. Okay, so I'll backtrack then because I know we went to intersectionality. Um, and we talked about Stonewall and what it symbolizes for the community. No more champagne for me. <laughs> but specifically, Rob, why is Stonewall important to you? Stonewall is in the Stonewall riots? Yes. And the movement. Oh, the movement. You know, I think it's... Um, is it? Maybe the question is, is it important to you? I know that's simple and... I just felt like I was being presumptuous, like... Yeah. So... I think the movement is still happening... I don't think, I mean, we just got marriage a couple of years ago. Um, and so I think Stonewall and the movement is all part of that. I mean, living in Ohio, hmm. um, we can be fired for being gay. Mm -hmm. We could not, uh, lenders could say they're not going to give us a mortgage because we're gay. So the movement is continuing. So I don't look at it as a um, stonewall thing. I look at it as an equal rights. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something that in general, it's going to have to keep going. I mean, uh, you know, there are people out there that want to try to take our marriage away from us. Mm -hmm. And I sit back and I shake my head. I'm like, What? Right, you weren't even invited. <laughs> you were not invited. Why do you care? <laughs> well, that's literal truth, but but when I when I hear that, I just don't understand. Um, and because I think 
maybe the way that I am because of, of being gay, knowing that I was gay at a young age, but not coming out to my early 20s, I have had to be around people that I felt I just have to win their acceptance. And so I think it's every day is something else and every day somebody else comes out. So every day somebody starts their clock mm-hmm. of when they're going to start that conversation. So it mm-hmm. is a movement and whether it's just a movement for me, it's a movement for somebody. I mean, it's like pride this year. I mean, I've said it for years and people have said it for years. It is always somebody's first pride. Mm. to be able to go and, and be there. Mm-hmm. But I also know, I'm not going to be Debbie Downer, um, I have been fortunate to march at the beginning of the parade a couple times. And I would march by myself with a group of people, not my husband. And... Those couple years when I knew I was marching first, I left a goodbye note at home. Mm. In case I got shot. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and I would go home that night and tear it up and so Jed didn't have to know that. But I wanted something wow. to be there if something happened to me. My mind is blown. And that's the truth. That's your reality, though. That's my reality. And so... It, it's me, it, the white guy. It's a person of color. It's a transgender individual. It's anybody. But that was my reality. You know, and... Um, because I know that there's a risk in putting yourself out there. And so when I see people put themselves out there, I know that uh, it's meaningful. Mm-hmm. And we have to respect that. Um, Jan, I'll let you respond first because I'm looking up something. Um, I didn't necessarily have a response. Okay. I just wanted to let you know that um, I think this is when the work of intersectionality yep. is so important. Because I think that too often, um, especially, I can only speak from from my experience because I'm also not a black male, um, but often as people of color who go out every day and feel like our lives are at risk, we too know that feeling. I think that listening to you say that, um, it, 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 it breaks my heart to hear that because I think too often we suffer in silos. And I always say this, which was the reason why I wanted to start a podcast, is that if you don't talk to people, if you're not vulnerable with them, you'll never know that. And I would have never known that. I, I knew that in my head that it was a possibility. But like you said, like that's your reality and your reality is your perception. And so... When I think of my reality, I think about the perception of an African-American woman. And I never thought about the perception of somebody who's going out and wanting to march for their community and be um, on the front lines and honestly risking their lives as well. And so I I say that not to say I don't don't really have a comment, even though I commented, but I wanted to let you know that I feel you um, more than you know. And um, my thoughts and my prayers are with you every day that you get up and you decide to take that risk um, because that, that feeling is familiar.
It was it was interesting. A couple of weeks ago, it was during Pride Month. Um, I bought two T-shirts. One was "Love Is Love," and then the other one was "Yep, I'm Gay," <laughs> and it's a and it's right there on your your chest. And I forgot that I had the "Yep, I'm Gay" shirt, mm. and I went into a restaurant, a casual whatever. And I had all these looks. And I was like, oh, shit. Look at the shirt that I'm wearing. And I was like, all right, give me a beer. My money's good here. Mm-hmm. This is not to compare. But as we talk about intersectionality, that is the feeling every day. Of being black. I, can't take I literally off my shirt. was thinking that. And I've learned that. And, and I never knew that before. And that's what I was going to say. And it's not that you don't know that. Um, but as Kiana said earlier, because I was thinking the same thing, like, I'm, I'm now frustrated because we can't get on the same page, even though there are so many similarities. Like, I can't, I can't imagine the notes that people left during the civil rights movement that, you know, that they left for their spouses, for their loved ones. You know what I mean? I can't mm-hmm. imagine that. But to hear that you in 2019 or recent years have done the same thing. That's why I said it's mind blowing because it's just like we are experiencing too many things that are the same for us to be at odds about it or for us to not to come together about it. I um, go to Starbucks most every morning before I come into work and the location I go to over the past three, four, five months um, has new employees that are transgender mm, mm-hmm. or gender non-conforming. And I go out of my way to talk to them Mm -hmm. and let them know just in discussion normal discussion yeah how's your day what'd you what'd you do this weekend and some of them i could tell are putting themselves out there um there's this one transgender female that probably every third or fourth time i see her she's got lipstick on Mm -hmm. you know and just like going over one more step, one more step. And, uh, mm. you know, now she's she's learned my name. So I walk in, she knows my name, she knows my drink, she knows all that stuff. And I'm just a guy. Mm-hmm. And I want her to feel comfortable to be her authentic self in this environment. But you... And I live in a pretty accepting area. Yeah. But I watch people that come into the Starbucks to see how they treat her. Because for me, if I hear one comment from somebody, they're going to hear it from me outside. Because yeah. I will feel proud to support her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have an issue? Bring it up with me. Yep. Yeah. So. I think that those, um, those moments are so important because I'm very intentional um, about that too. Just because I think that 
it's gonna take us to change this world like we can point fingers at whomever but it's gonna take us it's gonna take each individual person to stand up and do the work every single day and so even if it's a LGBTQ plus um, person or even if it's somebody of a lower socioeconomic status I always I like I read an article about how you should make eye contact with homeless people because they feel like they're living in a dream like life is just passing them by and that people don't connect with them and it's just it's those small human interactions that I think that we forget just to say hello how, how was your day I like your hair or what color are your nails uh, for me because I love I love nail colors but it's just those small things is just to make sure that a person seems feel that they see they feel seen and they feel heard and they feel acknowledged and um i think that it's just little droplets of love that you just drop to people every single day just to let them know like i exist to somebody and even if that person doesn't know my name yet they still know i'm here and that that means something everybody has their stuff they're going through Absolutely. Every last one of us. To be able to acknowledge people wherever they are in their life. Yeah. No, I love that you said One last question for you. Lord. (laughs) What does advocacy look like for you on a day-to-day basis? Or what does it look like for all of us? Let's take turns. Oh, you want to answer? Okay. No, I'll let Rob go first, though. Guest of honor. Okay. No, actually, I would like to hear from you first. From me or Kiana? Um, Kiana. I think that advocacy for me looks like exactly what I just told you guys about. I think that it looks like every single person taking an interest in taking a care even if it's just for five seconds or a millisecond of your day and and just showing everybody love i think that's how you really advocate for people is one to let them know that you're there i think for two um it kind of goes back to what you said rob and like advocacy means that i stand in the gap for you when you're not there um and i think that's important i think that it's one thing to be an advocate for somebody when they're present, I think it means so much more when that person isn't around. Um, and I think thirdly is to educate. I think that to be an advocate, you know, I work in education and I am a profound believer in exposure and education, not necessarily in a traditional classroom. Um, any of my friends, they would they would tell you, um, I try to educate them on as many things as I can, especially about the LGBTQ plus community, just because I think, who was it? It was, what is her name? Ellen Pompeo. She said it best to me. It was it was such the perfect explanation that she said about um, the black community. And it's how I feel about the LGBTQ plus community. Is I'm not a part of it, but baby, I'm a fan. <laughs> I am a fan. I am such a fan of the community. I am an observer of the community. I love the drag shows. I just recently went to RuPaul's drag show in Atlanta. Got my whole life. Um, I am a fan of the drama. Did you see I'm Nina a... West? I'm sorry. Did you see Nina West? Mm. I did. Oh yay! Um, I'm also like I I also make sure I educate myself even in pop culture. Like I I love the show Pose, and it wasn't because. 
it wasn't only because I'm a fan of the community. It was the culture that I heard so much about that I wanted to learn more about. And so I seek to educate myself in any way that I can. And it's also just showing up for my friends who are a part of that community. Um, just educating myself on the things that they go through and being a listening ear um, when they need me and asking about their significant others and asking about the different events that they go to that, you know, I may not be a part of, but that's a part of their life. And I care so much about them. I care about what they're doing. And two, I'm a fan. So it also, it's fun. So, um, yeah, I think that's what advocacy looks like for me. I don't know if the answer I'm going to give is the right thing you're looking for, but it'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I remember in 1986, when I was in college, y'all probably weren't born then. I was. <laughs> okay, there you go. Barely. I wasn't. I, I, was in, I was in my fraternity house. I got a phone call from my mom that a family friend passed away. He died of AIDS. And he was the father of six kids. They, the, the adults, the uh, they got divorced and he came out and but he died of AIDS. So 86, so this is like the beginning of the AIDS crisis. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then I fast forward to, I would say probably in the past nine years since I got married, I became much more um, out and trying to figure out what I can do to help other people that they never have to feel ashamed for being who they are. And so from an advocacy standpoint for me, it's just being out there, letting people know mm -hmm. that you can be who you are and things will be okay. I think that's big because sometimes it's just as simple as that. It doesn't, and not that other ways of advocacy are incorrect. Um, and that's not to minimize what you no. did because that's big for somebody else. I'm not a big protester. You're not going to see me down at the state house. I'm not going to be doing a lot of marches, not going to be holding up the signs. That's not how I do it. I do it from day to day. This is our life. I'm just like you. Mm -hmm. And whoever else could be just like them. And I'm sure you've opened doors. You know, I hope way. so. Um, I don't look at myself in that manner. But I think it's important, the more you're just your authentic self, the better it's going to be for somebody else. Somebody may not even think about or know, but down the road they're going to see it and be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Kiana, do you have anything else to add? We're nearing the end of the show. We're out of champagne. <laughs> That's what that really means. Hey, drinks are low. Um, last class, damn it. No, I don't have anything to add except for um, I appreciate your perspective, Rob. Thank you so much um, for coming on the show and just giving us just a, a vantage point from where you sit. I think that is spectacular. So I appreciate it. Thank you. 
You're welcome. This is fun. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for saying yes, and thank you for being here. Yeah, next time I'll get my champagne in person. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I'll play and thank you for providing, providing the champagne. <laughs> Did you hear Rob? He said he would fly out to Atlanta. Come, come. But you don't understand is that I am like the biggest Columbus advocate. So if I can come to Columbus first, I would like to come to Columbus. I haven't been there in a long time. I actually used to live in Columbus for a little bit of time. Very small bit of time. Okay. Welcome. Come back. Always, I would definitely meet you there if you like House of Japan. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, y'all. We are going to move on. And um, we're going to move on to. It's funny because, Karen, I think we've been doing this in reverse this whole time. We've been doing brunch spots first. So we're what? just going to keep with this. Yeah, okay. Let's do that. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> I think I talked about this spot, but I'm not 100% sure. But I think this is my last international spot. <laughs> okay. Um, but if I've covered it before, which I think I have, I don't know. We'll see. Charge, you, charge let, it to her head, not her let, heart. Yeah, just you guys, you let me know. You know, just want to see how close you're paying attention. But this brunch spot is called The Breakfast Club. You did. <laughs> did I do Hotbox? No. Oh, okay. So that's what the one that I was missing. So then this brunch spot is not called the Breakfast Club, but goes for the Breakfast Club if you're in London. But if you are in also still in London, you can go to a breakfast spot called Hotbox, which is actually a barbecue restaurant. Um, and it's in a lovely area, which is very cool, upcoming and fun and funky area in London called Shortage. And Hotbox is phenomenal. I went there and I had their French toast. And um, I'll do a brunch feature on our page just because I need to show you what this French toast looked like. I've done it before. I featured it before when I was first there, but I'll just re-upload um, it for you guys. But the French toast was to die for. And um, yeah, I just have to show you. Once I show you, you'll get it. But that's my recommendation. If you're in Shortage in London, go to Hotbox. So for those of us that are in the States, <laughs> I mean, that's okay. We got people who listen from all over. Inside no. 270. <laughs> right. So I honestly, because I just have not been good about it. I told myself I was going to go this weekend while I was in Northeast Ohio, but I didn't. Um, there, I think I mentioned it. Gosh, dog it. Well, there is a restaurant in Hudson, Ohio. I have not been to. <laughs> I mean, if you're from the area, then you know, you know about Hudson. Um, but I've been there for a dinner. I went on a date there once, I think. Ooh. Anyway, if you can't tell us about the brunch, tell us about the date. <laughs> <laughs> not too much. <laughs> Rob's trying to get home because he has a man to go home to. <laughs> For those of us who do not, we linger. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, no, there's a restaurant in Hudson called The Red Door. And so I was actually looking up their brunch menu. And one of the reasons why I didn't go is because I'm doing this whole diet thing right now. And so there wasn't much to offer for me 
with all of my limitations, but the menu looked amazing. I will say that it was one of the first menus that, which I'm kind of not surprised because it's Hudson, um, that did not have chicken and waffles or shrimp and grits, which are two common like brunch staples. But it was still intriguing enough that the next time I go home, I'm going to go to the Red Door and check it out. So stay tuned for reviews on that. Cool. I'm sorry that I couldn't bring a real brunch pot that I've been to lately because I ain't shit. Um, Rob, do you have any brunch spots? You oh, so it has to be a brunch spot? Okay, so yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so last year we went to uh, Europe for the gay games. Y'all are in just Paris. Too fancy for me. Excuse me. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. And so um, we started off in London, went to Paris, and then went to Munich. Okay. And we stayed at a place called Believe. Unbelievable hotel, food, service, mm. everything. So, do you want to know why we went to Munich? Now I do. Because we were going to go to Berlin, but Chad booked the wrong t- plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, he, and he didn't tell me like until like two weeks before the trip. I'm like, I kept asking him, like, why are we going to Munich? That and he's like, is... I booked the wrong city. <laughs> That's oh hilarious. But it was great. The hotel was fantastic. The food is unbelievable. We got to see Munich, which was a Olympic site. Okay. And they had the terrorist attack. They yes. had yes. yes. So we got to see, you know, the the overall Olympic um, stadium and field and everything. So wow. So believe by Geisel. Look at you guys in your international brunch spots. I'm so basic. Well, Hudson, Ohio, is kind of. International. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Hudson's all across the world. You can make it international. All right. We're going to move on to tips. Yes, yes, yes. I'll yeah, go. Um, in honor of today, which has been a sad day, I am going to give an 100% tip to the late, great Tony Morrison. Um. Oh. Just want to thank you, sis, for giving us words that we could live by, things, holding, just creating standards that we can try to aspire to, and just for gifting us with so, so much great literature that we can hold on to. So, we just want to thank you. And that's not just for me. I'm sure that is for the Bitches of Love Brunch podcast, <laughs> like, on behalf of us. Yeah. Um, that that is nothing but late great and honor to um, the one and only and um, I do have a tip in honor of that another tip in honor of that sorry I did have it up there it is this tip is actually going to go out to a young man by the name of Luke Cadet he actually started or he is the CEO of the not the only but CEO of a black owned audiobook company which brings black stories to life using black voices called Abantu Audio 
Um, he founded this in August of 2015. So if you have not checked out a Bantu audio, check this out by a young gentleman by the name of Luke Cadet, sir. I'm going to give you a 50% tip. Um, just encouraging you all to keep reading, keep aspiring. And if you don't have the time to read, audiobooks are always available for you as well. Well, I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, you said a Bantu audio? Yes. Okay. I'll send you the link. Thank you. I am going to give my tip to, even though I have not seen the show yet, I'm going to give my tip to Angelica Ross, who is an actress on um, the show Pose. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I'm giving her a 50% tip because um, I saw a post of hers maybe a month or two ago um, but she posted a clip of herself at a um, it was just like a video recording C-SPAN of her speaking with NAACP leaders um, and so I'm just giving her a tip because she is standing in the gap around intersectionality for the black community and really holding people in leadership roles, especially for organizations of like, I'm sorry, like uh, NAACP and just kind of holding them accountable to the support that they should be providing to people of color who are in the LGBTQ plus QIA, I messed that up, put the alphabet as Rob called it. <laughs> um, but I just really appreciated that she, she, she's holding them accountable for this work. And I think at one point in the video or either in her um, caption, she mentioned that they were kind of trying to pass the buck off onto the LGBTQ plus community. And it was just like, no, once once the advocacy comes from you all, once the support comes from you all, the public support, um, you know, we'll be able to go further. It can't all just rely on them. Um, and now we're gonna wrap up the show. Before we do, I want to give my sincerest thanks to Rob for being here. Um, for sharing, for being vulnerable because you didn't have to, um, and for just saying yes. So hopefully you had fun. It was great. Yes, I appreciate you. it. That was a lot of fun. Come back and hang out with us again. Yeah. And then if not, I'll just meet you in Columbus. As long as you're providing the champagne. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you can check us out on social media at bitches double underscore love double underscore brunch. You can find us on Facebook. We have a lovely Facebook page. Come get active with us um, on Bitches Love Brunch. Wherever you're listening to us at on your streaming platforms, whether that be Spotify, iTunes, um, where else are we? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, yes, Grindr. and there's so many other. Who? Well, no, we are not on Grinder. I do. I've been on Grinder before on one of my friends' pages. <laughs> Listen, peeping the scene. All right. Um. First off, I'm gonna make a comment about that offline. But yes, I'm gonna make a comment about Grinder offline. Y'all be on it. Anyway, you can find. <laughs> Rob is married. Wherever. Not, I am not on Grinder. He is not, not on Grinder. 
<laughs> he is not on Grinder. But um, yes, follow us on social media wherever you're streaming us on. Make sure that you subscribe, leave a comment, review us. Um, thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Everybody, put on your ally caps. Get outside mm-hmm. of your comfort zone. Um, and support people, love on people, people who may not look like you, people who may not believe in the same things that you do, may not have um, the same religious backgrounds that you do. I just encourage that you get around some different so that you can get a little bit different infiltrated into you and show a little bit more love to differences. All right, y'all. We'll catch you on episode 50. We turned it 50. Yes, we are. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>